What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. And today I want to talk about a topic, and I'm just going to call this episode How to Be Coachable, because that's the topic of today that I want to discuss. This is something that if you are on your fitness journey as an individual, you need to hear this. If you are a coach who is coaching other individuals, you need to hear us. This is one of the most important topics that we don't discuss enough when it comes to pursuing any sort of goal, any kind of transformation, any kind of change that we want to create in our lives. It is important to understand how to be coachable. And I think that it, it's one of those concepts that seems obvious, but it's actually very difficult and we don't talk about it enough. So that is what I want to unpack here today on this episode. But before I get into the heart of the conversation, I have to make an announcement and this feels weird that I haven't actually announced this on the podcast yet because it feels like it's been going on for a while, but just by, by the nature of the podcast schedule and how everything unfolded, this is the first time that you're hearing about it. If you are just a podcast listener, if you are in our Facebook group or if you're on my email list, you already know. But if you're just a Mind Over Macros listener and nothing else, I'm sorry, you are late to the party. Um, but I announced last week, as of recording this, I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 17th of November. As of last Tuesday, we opened up a workshop that I am going to be doing uh, December 1st and December 4th. The workshop is called Fat Loss Freedom, and I am going to teach the exact methods of how to sustainably lose one pound of fat per week for 30 days without extreme restriction. That's the, the topic that I'm going to be covering. Those two sessions, December 1st, December 4th, if you can't make either of them, it is okay. It's going to be recorded and you'll get lifetime access to everything that's presented live. The, the reason why I'm doing this, and I know that every coach can relate to this, it's because when we coach people in a one-on-one -on -one setting, which is what we do, it's really difficult to help the amount of people that we really want to help. And sometimes like the, the evidence is out there. There's a lot of companies that decide to cut corners and they decide to just like make their whole process very systematic. They try to put everyone in the same box. They make this cookie cutter approach to dieting and they're like, look, we're helping thousands of people now because we cut all these corners. Like actually, no, you're harming thousands of people by doing that. So every coach, every single coach has this internal struggle of wanting to help more people, but truly knowing that a one-on-one -on -one approach is most effective. So what do we do? Well, I decided that I wanted to create a workshop that would be more tactical and more applicable for individuals to learn for themselves how to apply the information and essentially become their own coach. So that's the, that's the whole thought process is I can help more people by just giving away the information that a lot of companies charge an arm and a leg for just so you can apply it to yourself. So you can learn exactly the, the most sustainable and effective way to lose body fat 
in a way that will guarantee that your results last. So you're not going to rebound. You're not going to gain the weight back. You're going to do it in a way that is enjoyable. You're going to do it in a way that is sustainable. You're going to learn the exact process. You're going to learn, you know, what should you be eating? How should you be eating based on your own individual needs? how to calculate your macros and your maintenance, how to track your macros, how to do it without tracking, how to reverse diet effectively, um, how to support your metabolism so you can make progress forever, um, you know, how to incorporate alcohol and foods that you love and how to approach vacations and social events. All of this being able to take the information and apply it to yourself based on your situation. So that is my long-winded way of explaining what the workshop is. Um, Originally, it was $27 for 100 early bird seats. And those early bird seats sold out pretty quickly. Uh, Last time I checked, we were at 115 attendees uh, subscribed to to the workshop. So as a Mind Over Macros listener, I actually feel really bad about the fact that there are no early bird seats open. So what I did was I created a promo code just for podcast listeners. So if you do want to attend the workshop, um, you can go to dietfreedomworkshop.com and enter the promo code MOM20. That's M-O-M-20. Not like your mom, but like M-O-N, like Mind Over Macros, because it's for the podcast listeners. So uh, go to dietfreedomworkshop.com Enter promo code MOM20 and you will get the early bird price. So for $27, uh, you will get access to the workshop for life. Even if you can't make the live sessions, there's two live sessions, December 1st, December 4th. Even if you can't make them um, or if you happen to listen to this and it's December 15th or whatever date past that, it's still open to, to listen to for life. You get lifetime access, so you don't have to be able to attend live. Um, you will get all of the modules. There's going to be like video walkthroughs, how-to guides, downloadable PDFs, like everything that you need to sustainably improve your body composition in the most effective way possible and the most enjoyable way possible. I am putting all of that into this workshop for $27. Um, Like I said, the reason is we can only help so many people in a one-on-one fashion. And this is something that every single coach struggles with, like how do we reach more people? Well, this is my way of doing it. Uh, So hopefully you'll join. And if not, it's all good. I still love you. No worries. But if you want to take advantage, just go to dietfreedomworkshop.com, enter promo code MOM20. That was a very long, long promo for that workshop. Obviously, I don't use a script or have any ideas. I just freestyle it. So I apologize. I'm very long-winded. I want to get into the topic of today, which is how to be coachable. So one of the things that I've noticed in my career, having coached, you know, I don't even know what the number is, but thousands of people at this point, uh, you know, from my time as a personal trainer to working as a nutrition coach for another company to having my own business and now employing other coaches to coach people, there is a constant when it comes to the clients that are successful. There is an underlying constant, and it's something that has come up more uh, more frequently in the last few conversations that I've had with people who have joined our one-on-one coaching program. 
which is you need to have a willingness to change. That is number one. When it comes to how to be coachable, a willingness to change has to be number one on the checklist of is this person likely to be successful? Is there a willingness to change? If not, and and this seems so basic, it seems so obvious. I'm sure you're thinking like, yeah, no duh. (laughs) And that it makes perfect sense. Of course, why would anybody hire a coach or try to make, you know, pursue a goal if they, if they're not willing to change? But I can tell you that it happens more often than you might think, or maybe it's something that you've personally done, like I have personally done. So I will give you an example. Many of you know that when I got into fitness and when I started um, dieting, I was 250 pounds and started doing things uh, the wrong way. And the thing, I'll give you kind of a little insight into my lifestyle at that time. I was a weekend warrior. I was dieting hard every single week. And on the weekends, I was drinking excessively. I was eating excessively. And then the typical diet starts Monday mindset, every single Monday, I would be in this 6 o'clock p.m. boot camp class. And the instructor every single week would be like, all right, guys, it's time to work off those weekend calories. And I'd be like, yes, let's do this. I'm in because I needed that. I was like, you know, there was a lot of weekend calories, so let's go. And so I said in my mind, I wanted to change. But guess what I did every single week? I did the exact same thing over and over again and never made any progress. And I would sit there and be so frustrated, like, I don't get it. I'm busting my ass. I'm working so hard. I'm showing up in the gym five days a week, I'm starving myself five days a week. Oh, but guess what? The weekends are just absolutely out of control, but there was no willingness to change. So even though in my mind, I was trying to make a change, I was paying to make a change, but I actually wasn't willing to make a change. So a lot of times we get stuck in these pre-existing habits um, and pre-existing beliefs, which we'll talk about. But right from the get-go, there was no willingness to change. I wasn't willing to sacrifice my lifestyle to the point of actually changing. So in my mind and, and verbally, I wanted to change, but my actions told a different story. My actions indicated that I was not willing to make a change, that I wasn't willing to sacrifice those things. And then ultimately, it got to a point where I was just fed up and I was like, you know what, I I need to take a hard look in the mirror and assess if what I'm doing every weekend is really serving me. Do I actually even enjoy, is this something that is so important to me that I'm just not willing to make any changes? And the reality was, I, I felt like shit every weekend. Like it, it doesn't feel good physically to drink excessively and to eat excessively. So every Monday I felt horrible. And that's why I was so excited for that 6 p.m. class every Monday to like get back into doing something that actually made me feel good, even though it was kind of like punishment. It was still at least I'm doing something productive. So when it when i it came time to take that honest look in the mirror i realized that no this is not serving me and i actually am willing to sacrifice some of these things that i've been doing for so long just because it's habit just because it's routine so all of a sudden it opened up this door of i'm willing to make a change and that 
was really the first time that I started making noticeable progress was just by simply being willing to adjust my weekend schedule and my weekend habits. So the first thing, the first box that we have to check is, are you actually willing to change? Because I can tell you that there's a lot of times where we can make suggestions. And, and I know there's a lot of coaches that listen to this and you, you know, talk to your clients about things that they can do and ways to make the process easier and ways to make it more efficient. And they just keep falling back into old habits. There's just not that willingness to change. So sometimes it's really about the honest question of, are you truly willing to make this sacrifice or are you so attached to this behavior that you're not willing to make any sort of adjustment there. And that can be a tough conversation to have. It can, you know, it does require brutal honesty and self-reflection to say, am I willing to to change this? And you may get to a point where you're not, and that's okay. You know, nobody says you have to change. The point is we want to be honest with ourselves and not have this this cognitive dissonance where we're saying one thing but we're doing another. And, and that's really what we're trying to avoid. So to kind of operating in alignment with what you truly want is the ultimate goal. And that's, that's the first thing that we have to check. The second thing is challenging pre-existing beliefs. And this is something that's come up very frequently in conversations. I actually spoke to somebody yesterday and it was funny because he was talking about previous diets that he's tried and nutrition programs that he was a part of. And we were talking through what he was currently doing. And he's a CrossFitter and he works out very early in the morning. And he was like, you know, I always had a hard time with working out super early and then needing to eat within 45 minutes of my workout and also needing that post-workout meal to be my biggest meal of the day. And that was just always really tough for me. And I was like, okay, well, let's address that. You know, where did you or where did you um, develop that belief that you needed to eat your, your post-workout within 45 minutes of, of your training and when and you know the importance of that meal being your biggest meal of the day. Like basically, where did all of that, that generate from? And he's like, well, that's just what I've been told my entire life. Like since I started down this path of like trying to get more fit, everybody's t- told me that. And I was like, okay, so let's a- assess how that's been serving you. How does it make you feel? Is it something that's easy to sustain? He's like, well, no, it's actually really uncomfortable. Uh, I don't, I don't want to rush to eat that early. And I also don't want to eat a bunch of food at like 6.15 in the morning or whatever time he finishes. He, I think he trained at five hour session. So yeah, like 6.15, 6.30. And he's trying to force down a shake and a huge meal because he was told that it had to be the biggest meal of the day, his post-workout. So it was like, so it's not serving you. It doesn't make you feel any better. And it's actually quite uncomfortable. Do you think that maybe you'd be open to trying something different and, and focusing more on sustainability and how you feel versus what other people are telling you has to be done? And he was like, well, I mean, that sounds amazing in theory. So he did sign up for our coaching. But the point is that he had a willingness to challenge an openness to challenge his pre-existing belief. The pre-existing belief that post-workout meal had to be within 45 minutes of training and the pre-existing belief that it had to be the biggest meal of the day. So he's open to challenging those pre-existing beliefs, which is why he'll be successful. Uh, 
oftentimes we have pre-existing beliefs about what needs to happen when it comes to nutrition. A lot of this is ingrained in us from diet culture. So again, this is not to place blame. Um, and I, I would never want to make anybody feel stupid for having, you know, a lot of people believe the the 45-minute post-workout window, even though that's been disproven by many studies, uh, current studies even, but it doesn't matter. A lot of people still have that pre-existing belief. A lot of the stuff diet culture has ingrained in us like you have to restrict certain food groups in order to make progress or that carbs make you fat or that fruit makes you fat or that fat makes you fat. I don't know. There's, there's a million of them out there that you've probably heard over and over again. So there's this pre-existing belief. Um, somebody recently who, again, had come from another diet company was like, well, I know that I have to be starving to lose fat and being really hungry is a good thing because that means that my body's losing fat. It's like, okay, where does that come from? Oh, well, that's what the last company I worked with told me. And it's like, okay, well, let's just assess if the last company was so great and you were doing and, and you know everything that they said was gospel, you know, wouldn't you still be with them and wouldn't you still be further along? Like, wouldn't you already have achieved your goals? So maybe some of the stuff that they said is not entirely accurate for you. Uh, you know, I always try to like put the, the individual filter on things rather than just saying like, you know, they're a bunch of assholes and don't know what they're talking about. Like, let's look at it from just your individual lens. If that were the case, don't you think that you would have been further along following their advice. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're probably right. So it's an openness to challenge a pre-existing belief. When it comes to being coachable, if we're so set in our ways, then we're just going to stay exactly where we are because that's how we got to where we are, right? We got to where we are by doing the same thing over and over again. And then we decided that we're not happy with our current status. So there has to be a challenge of a pre-existing belief, multiple pre-existing beliefs in order to get somewhere else. Like change and growth and transformation is uncomfortable because it requires stepping into an unknown and knowing and having the confidence that you'll figure it out, which oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes we question it. Oftentimes we get scared. It's unknown. So we cuddle up back to what we know, which is I'm just going to under eat. I'm just going to cut out carbs. I'm just going to starve myself. I'm just going to join this next, you know, 30-day quick fix program and then all of a sudden we're back to square one because it still doesn't work the 20th time that we tried it. But we weren't willing to let go of that pre-existing belief, so we went back into that same thought process that got us to where we are in the first place. I hope that makes sense. So the first thing is you have to have a willingness to change. The second thing is you have to have a willingness to challenge pre-existing beliefs. And the third thing is, which is really the last piece of the puzzle, which is you have to be willing to do things differently. You have to take a different path if you want a different result. This is another thing that seems so obvious when you say it out loud but when it comes to putting it into action, it's actually quite diff difficult. So there's, there's this story, and I know I'm going to butcher the story, but it's basically like this guy, he's walking to work every day, and 
uh, there's construction on the sidewalk and on his way to work, he falls into a hole on the sidewalk because of the construction. Um, and the next day, he takes the same path to work and he falls into the same hole. The next day, he takes the same path to work. He falls into the same hole and he's all frustrated. He's like, I don't understand why it's taking him so long to repair this sidewalk and this construction is so frustrating. And he's blaming his external circumstances on his challenge of getting to work on time and not falling into the hole. The reality is... That there and, and the story goes on like he talks to somebody who tells him to take a different path and then on the different path he meets somebody and he sees all these beautiful parts of the city and there's a whole you know long story that I don't need to get into. The bottom line is the moral of the story is all you have to do is take a different path if you want to avoid the pitfalls that you're experiencing in your current path. So if the current path isn't getting you to where you want to go, it requires a different path to get there. Pretty straightforward. We all know that in theory. However, when it comes time to put that into action, again, we have to step into a path that we've never taken before, which is uncomfortable. It's like when you are going to work, you typically don't even have to think about it. It's mindless. You've done it so many times. It's just routine. Now, all of a sudden, if there's this new path, it's scary. You don't know what you're going to encounter along the way. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of uncertainty and our brains do not like uncertainty. So we oftentimes are like, well, I'm just going to go back to this other path that I know, even though that path is guaranteed to not get you to where you want to go. Another issue on the, along these same lines is trying to follow a path that we previously took years ago that may have gotten us to where we wanted to go at that time and then thinking that that path is going to be the same you know, 10 years later or five years later or even one year later. Uh, we're a whole different person in a different situation. So that path is no longer your path or it may not be your path. So that's to say the bottom line is we have to be willing to do something different if we want a different result. So taking the same path and expecting it to change your current situation, if it hasn't changed it already, the evidence is on the table. The evidence is quite clear that that path is not the right path for you. Um, so again, before we go back to the previous fad diets and 30-day fixes and challenges and all this other nonsense that we've tried before and we've got clear evidence that that path didn't work, because if that path created a temporary result, but then you weren't able to keep that result, by definition, that path was unsuccessful. And the 10th time that you take that path, it's still going to be unsuccessful. It requires a willingness to do something different if you want a different result. So when it comes to being coachable, those are the three foundational pieces that you need you have to have a willingness to change. You have to have an openness to challenging pre-existing beliefs. And you have to have a willingness to do something different. Now, the final thing that I want to mention when it comes to really like the nuts and bolts of being coachable, what can you do as an individual to be more coachable, to get more out of your coaching experience? And this doesn't mean that you have to be uh, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one coaching program or a formal coaching program, it, this could be anything from just having accountability with with a friend or a family member or partner or whatever, or just any any form of coaching that you are encountering or that you will encounter. Here's the thing: 
our default operating system when it comes to being coached is that we want to report when things are going well. We want to tell our coach how great we are. We want to make them proud. We want to show them that, hey, you gave me this plan and guess what? I'm following through. This is especially true of people pleasers like myself. So if you're a type 2A or a type 2B, this absolutely hits home for you more so than other personality types, but it's still human nature to want to comply. So what we often think is that when things go bad, we don't want to tell our coach that because then we feel like, well, I'm paying them and they're giving me a plan and I'm just not following it. And I don't want to tell them that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be put in that situation where they feel like they're wasting their time on me or, or I don't want to be a burden. We think like, oh, let me just get back on track first and, and then I'll check in with you. Or like, let me just, you know, get my head on straight and then I'll check in with you. Like, no, that is not how this works. Being coachable means that you're using your coach or your accountability partner, whoever you're relying on, as a resource for when things aren't going well. That's the most important time. It's not, if things are going well, you don't really need a coach. Like, that, that makes it easy. If you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, that's easy. You don't even, you're, you're fine. You're good. When things get off track and when you have, you're making decisions that don't align with your goals, that's when you need coaching because that's where we start to get to the root of those, those behaviors of why, you know, certain things are challenging, why we're hitting roadblocks, why we're struggling in certain situations. And now we can start to adjust and come up with different solutions, challenging pre-existing beliefs. This is where we actually put the work into play of what pre-existing beliefs are we falling back into? What path are we continuing to take even though we know it's not serving us? Uh, what willingness to change are we not open to? So now we actually have the, the concrete evidence when things aren't going well and we can get to the root cause of those three things because usually it's one of those three things 99% of the time. And if you're hiding that from your coach, you're not being coachable you're actually doing them yourself a disservice and you're not utilizing their skill set because that is the job of a coach is to assess why did we have this make this decision you know why did this situation come up how can we overcome that in the future how can we set up your environment for success so that we don't put ourselves in that position again what's the new path that we need to take what's the pre-existing belief that we need to challenge now we can really get to the heart of what's going on and make lasting permanent change uh, that's going to serve you for the rest of your life. So that is, in my opinion, what it looks like to be coachable. Admittedly, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time because I am a people pleaser. I don't want to let people down. So I, I've had to basically train myself to reach out to my coach when things aren't going well and to let them do their thing and to hold me accountable and to give me the support that I need. That has been a learned behavior that I've had to overcome. Once you're aware of your tendencies, it's important to get the support that you need versus just saying like, oh, I should be able to figure this out on my own. Okay, but you know, we're not playing this game for shoulda, woulda, coulda. We're playing this game for making change and growing and learning and evolving and getting better. So knowing that about yourself, 
You have to be able to have certain things in place to overcome your tendencies. And, and again, it's not easy. That's why I said this is going to sound very basic. It's going to sound very obvious, but in practice, it's actually quite difficult. It's one of the most challenging things, which is why um, success is something that a lot of people talk about wanting, but then when it comes down to it, you know, it's, it's very difficult to achieve because you do have to think differently and, and take a different path and challenge the way that you, you know, previously thought. All these things, you have to be open and willing to change. That can be very uncomfortable. And again, our brains don't like discomfort. Our brains don't like uncertainty. So our natural tendency is going to be to default to what we know, to what's comfortable, and we have to actively fight against that and know that the greatest growth and transformation will come from those learning experiences, from from doing things differently, from challenging your beliefs, from stepping outside of your comfort zone um, and being more coachable. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Important topic. So please, if you enjoyed it, let me know. just take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And don't forget to sign up for the workshop because I've got you a discount to make sure that you got the early bird pricing since I feel bad that all the early bird seats sold out. But my Mind Over Macros listeners are my favorite people in the world. So just go to dietfreedomworkshop.com and enter code MOM20, M-O-M-20. And I will talk to you guys next time.